Good morning. It's good being back with you. I've decided to do something this year that I want you to do with me, if you can. Is that okay? And I want to invite every Christian to do this with me this year. I want you to stop reading your Bible. Is that okay? Because I don't want you to read your Bible. I want you to join me in studying your Bible. Getting this in you, making this part of you, making this who you are. And I think that's one of the reasons why we decided to, to, to launch this Bible school, to help people get back into the Word, understanding the Word. And not only understanding the Word, but we really want to discuss stuff. I'm going to talk about this tomorrow, so please join us about understanding your identity in Christ. Understanding your calling, understanding who Christ is, who I am, who I am in Christ, what is he designed us for, how do we deal with stuff like pain and suffering and all those kind of stuff. We'll be covering that. It's going to be a two-year program. You're welcome to do it for one year, two years. You'll see. If you do one year, you'll want to do it for two years because why are you going to stop reading your Bible? You want to study your Bible with us. So I really want to enjoy, encourage you to do that. And um, this morning, it's a privilege to, to kind of jump down into the series called Enjoying God. Um, as you know, enjoying God is actually one of the, the four values of, of this church. How many of you know that? How many of you know what the other three are? Come tomorrow. All right. <clears throat> so I've had the privilege of knowing this one gentleman. As a matter of fact, he's the guy that wrote pretty much most of the content we'll be covering in our Bible school curriculum. I've known him for over 30 years. I, I, I met him when I was in high school. And... Um, and at one stage, I actually had an opportunity to work with him in churches, pastoring with him for about 10 years. But he had this unique um, way of every time I sat down with him, um, he would start by asking me the same question. Here's the question. He looked at me and he goes, are you still enjoying God? And I'm going to ask that to you. Are you still enjoying God? And don't answer that question too quickly. So this morning, let me take you to a verse. I've got the Bible. Psalm 37 and verse 4. How many of you know this verse, heard this verse, read this verse? In Psalm 37 and verse 4, it starts off, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Question, if you read that verse, where does your mind stop? Does your mind jump to that second part? Oh, ooh, he's going to give me the desires of my heart. Or did your mind jump to the first part? Oh, I get to be in a relationship with Jesus. Delight yourself in the Lord. Now, if we read this entire psalm, Psalm 37, which I'll encourage you to do, it's really the psalm that David wrote, and, and pretty much, if I can summarize the psalm, he just says, you know, he says, in this craziness called life, in this craziness of all the things that's going on, enjoy God. We sang that song this morning. We sang about having a firm foundation. I can't remember the exact lyrics, but we saying something about having a firm foundation, and then it says, like, doesn't matter what everything else, I don't care about anything else, I get to enjoy God. I get to enjoy God. Now, I love this word, delight. This word has also been translated 
another way. And if you do look at it in the Hebrew, it is translated that way. And in Hebrew, this, this word translated as pleasure or delight is also translated as pleasure. Or it can also be translated as happy excitement. Do you still get happily excited in the mornings when you wake up? Did you get to do another day with God? Scripture reading, life with God, is it still a pleasure for you? Is it something that you, you really enjoy? When I, when I reread that verse, Psalm 37, and, and I reread it with this kind of context in mind, I'm, I'm reading stuff like, find pleasure in the Lord. And he will, almost kind of becomes the second thought. Do you still get happily excited about the Lord? And he will. I just want to get happily excited. Now, I want to just take you about this, this idea of what we're talking about, enjoying God, about pleasure, about enjoying Him. And I see a lot of you have gone from this to this. Good. I'm speaking to the right crowd. This idea of, are you still enjoying God? I want to take you straight to the very beginning of the Bible. The very first time this word pleasure this word delight, this word happily excitement, enjoyment is ever used is right after God made man. Right in the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis 2 verse 8, we read and it says this, it says, The Lord made a garden in a place called Eden, which was in the east, and he put the man there. I love this verse because the writers of or the translators of this Bible, when they put this in English, they didn't even bother to take out the Hebrew word for pleasure. They just kept the Hebrew word for pleasure in there. What is that word? The word is Eden. See, we always speak about the Garden of Eden. It's actually the Garden of Pleasure. It's the Garden of Delight. Not because of the Garden, but because who is in the Garden. You see, if we jump to the, the very next chapter, we're in Genesis 2.8, this is Genesis 3.8, we, we see how God used to walk with man in the garden. See, I, God gets excited. This is not even my notes. I'm just thinking out loud now. Because there's a verse in, in Psalms, in Psalm, Psalm 8, 8.5, if I remember. Where David writes this question and David says, what is man that you are mindful of him? That you think of him? I love the way it's translated in English. What is man that you are mindful of him? This idea that God fills his mind with you. I don't know if you know this, but God is obsessed with you. He loves you so much. He can't stop thinking about you. And the very first time we ever read this word mindful is also right in the Genesis account, in Genesis 1. It's written in where God made man in his own image, in his likeness. See, there's something about sameness. God's saying, there's something about myself I see in you, and I just want to spend time with you and get you to understand who you are. And in the next chapter, we see how God came and walked with man. See, God creates this environment for us to enjoy Him. And God wants to come and have fun with man. He wants to talk with man. He wants to have fellowship with man. He wants to share dreams, share plans. And right throughout Scripture, it seems like there is this central theme about God wanting to walk 
with us. Walk with man. So we see this here in, in Genesis where he walks with man in the garden. We see this in the next chapter, in the next book in Exodus, how God walks with them in the desert. God walks with them and he gives them this cloud by day and this fire by night. And, you know, he speaks about those tents of meeting. If you read this in Exodus 33, you'll see those kinds of things where God says, I set up a tent of meeting. And anybody who wants to go into the tent can come and meet with me. Problem is the people didn't want to go into the tent. So God says, okay, I'm going to get out of the tent. And then he goes into the book of Leviticus in the next book. And he says, now I'm going to walk with them. I'll be in their camps. I'll be in their tents. I'm going to come and dwell with them. I just have this desire to be with them. And in Deuteronomy, it goes on and he says, in Deuteronomy, it's in chapter 23. I don't even know if I have that verse on the screen. He says, for the Lord your God moves about in your camp. I love this word move. Are you moving with God? Are you moving with God. I always tell this story. I'm a huge Blue Bull rugby supporter. That's okay. You can only be a Christian for so long that you need to get saved. And yesterday they won. I promise you those supporters, they were moving. They were not walking out. They were moved. See, there's something that gets them excited. Are you moving with God? Does God still excite you? God says he moves into the camp. As a matter of fact, it goes on later in, 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 in I think it's in, Psalm, uh, in Samuel, where, where God starts building up his tabernacle and setting up this tent. Um, he says, and I want to dwell in those kind of places. As a matter of fact, every book from the book of Genesis through to the book of Revelation actually reads the same. God wants to dwell with you. Yes, man sinned. Yes, man sinned. Luckily, we read the Bible in hindsight. That Jesus did die. Jesus did restore. But man sinned. And that relationship was a little bit broken for a time. But then everything from that moment reads the same. God still wants to dwell with you. God still wants to dwell with you. And nobody wanted to dwell with God. So God sent the judges. And the judges had one message. God wants to dwell with you. And they didn't want to listen to the judges. So God sent the prophets. And I think of prophets like Isaiah in Isaiah 65, for example, where, where God speaks through Isaiah and God says, all day long I've got my hands reached out to you, but you don't want to lay hold of me. And they didn't want to listen to the prophets, so God sent the kings. They didn't want to listen, so God sent the Psalms. People still didn't want to listen. And I think the whole time Jesus was sitting up there in heaven, he goes, I can't take it anymore. If they don't want to come up here, I'm going to go down there. And then we read the start of the New Testament and it says, And the Word became flesh and made His dwelling amongst us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Invite me back. I just want to preach on that verse for an half an hour. There's so much there that we're missing. But the Word became flesh. I like the way the message translation says it actually says, the word took on flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. He's seen. This is a kind of relationships. And I, I cannot tell you how many times I had to figure out on my way down the hill this morning, how, many, how, how long I've been a Christian now. How long have I been enjoying God? And I realized that this year I've now been saved for 35 years. And for 35 years, I've just been on this amazing journey of enjoying God. 
His word is new every morning. His mercies are new every morning. His word hasn't gotten old. It's been written for a long time, but I mean, it's still new. I'm still learning new things every single day. I love how Luke summed it up. I think Luke made us even better. Luke said this in Acts, in Acts 17, verse 28. He says, For in him we live and move and have our being. Oh, there's that word move again. Are you moving with God? God is saying, Come to me, you will live. You will move. You will have your whole being. Am I the only one jumping up and down here? Come on. I think Paul took us a step further. Maybe Paul had the answer because I think the stuff we're talking about, for some people, it's like a mystery, right? And this is what Paul was saying. He says, this mystery, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations has now been disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. And here's the mystery, which is Christ is in you. The hope of glory. Christ is in you. I don't have to go to that tent of meeting. He is now not there. He's not the fire by night. He's not the cloud by day. He, he, he just changed location. It's still there, but now it's in me. Christ is in me. See, God's place of dwelling has kind of gone from, from heaven to a garden, to a tent, to a temple, to Jesus, to me. New. Living inside of everything. It's almost like everything from creation, from sin, is kind of in full circle. And God has restored everything back to the way it was. And Jesus is saying, I've still created a place where I just want to have delight. I want to have pleasure with you. I want to enjoy life with you. I want, to, I want you to enjoy me. But the sad news is, most people don't enjoy God, which I don't really understand. Many people view kind of this Christian faith as, as more of a, 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 a burden than a blessing. Maybe you, you're one of those people. Maybe that's why you're here in church, because you, you've kind of been grappling with this. You've been searching for answers about, you know, this Christian faith. And it seems kind of it produces sometimes more hardship for you than, than happiness, more you know, spiritual austerity than kind of abundance, or you have more questions than answers to this kind of things. And, and over the years, you know, you get to know those kind of Christians, and, and you kind of see people. It's very easy to spot somebody that is not in love with Jesus, that doesn't know God. It's those Christians that I've, I've, I've grew up my whole life, right? Where they always come to me and say, oh, pastor, it's going so bad with me. Mm-hmm. The devil, the devil. Mm-hmm. Every bush, there's a devil. It's a struggle, Lord. It's a, it's, a, it's a battle. It seems like I'm always fighting. There's little laughter. There's no joy. There's no celebration of God's grace. Everything is a stress and a strain for people. And I think there's a reason why a lot of people don't enjoy God. And I do get it. I think there's a, an understanding. Here's the thing. I think a lot of people don't enjoy God because they have a lousy view of who he really is. People don't understand who he really is. A lot of people view God more as Mr. Law than Mr. Grace. A lot of us kind of have this lousy idea that God's acceptance of us is based on our good works. 
what I've done today. How many times have you found yourself, oh, I didn't read my Bible today. Oh, the stress, oh, I didn't pray today. I have so many Christians, I'm like, wow, you're not enjoying God. I don't wake up in the morning and I read my Bible because I have to. I read my Bible and I pray because I can't help myself. Because I found the lover of my soul. Isn't that what song says? I think it's Song of Solomon 3. Speaks about God, or Psalm 6, I think. So it speaks about God as the lover of my soul. He's the lover of my soul. I, I want to spend time with him. You know, in some respects, it's sometimes easy to understand why people feel the way they feel. Because, see, in, in, in many churches, that's kind of what you hear from the pulpit. You kind of hear those things. Most, that's how we kind of grew up in Sunday school. And we grew up with a certain view of God. It's the kind of stuff you hear maybe on TV and some of those televangelists that, that you kind of um, hear about. And so it's also most kind of locked in for me about how many, that's how a lot of people actually get saved. The way you get saved determines your view of God. I don't know if you remember, there was a, a famous actor in South Africa in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. His name was Don Leonard. And if you remember him, you must be old if you remember him. <laughs> But Don Leonard was that guy when he uh, got saved, he, he bought a coffin and he nailed the coffin on top of his car's roof and he painted on the side of the coffin, turn or burn. And he drove around through the streets of Johannesburg saying, turn or burn. When I was living in Russia, he actually came and visited us. So I spent time with him and he was like, you know what, till the day I die, I'm going to teach about hell. I said, man, then I just want to follow you because I, right after you, I'll need to teach about Jesus. Because <laughs> you know, a lot of us get saved that way. The way we get saved, our first confrontation with God and Christianity is hell and heaven. But nobody told me about who is in heaven. Nobody told me about this relationship I can have with this amazing God. See, then heaven and hell does not become my issue because I'm so in love with him, I become more like him. I know I'm going to heaven. Yeah, I want to help other people not have that same because I want them to understand how I enjoy God. Is there any surprise why some people just have a different view of God, this lousy view? And if you have this kind of lousy view of God, you know what's going to rob you from, from your true worship? I mean, if you think about how, how you engaged with worship this morning, how was that worship for you? Was it a struggle? Or was it easy? It was just like, oh, yes, yes. I have one desire. I have one desire. I've got nothing else fit for a king. I've just got one desire. Was that your response? Maybe if you have a lousy view of God, even your giving becomes a burden. How many of you gave this morning of your resource just out of your love for God? Nothing else. You know, this thing about tithing, oh, I have to give 10%. No, you don't get to give 10%. You get to keep 90%. You know, think about it. When we have this lousy view of God, even our ministry becomes a chore. It doesn't become a great adventure. I hope we'll address some of this stuff in, in, in the Bible school. You see, this is the kind of religion that a lot of people make up for themselves. And I want to encourage you, don't become one of those people. 
Which actually brings me, how, many, how much time do I have? Which brings me to the first thing I, I actually want to just help you with this morning about how, how, how is it that we get to enjoy God? There's three things, but I'll, let me share this first thing. It says, you and I, we need a new perspective on God. We need to have a new picture about God. We need to understand who He is. Not who my friend told me He is. Not who my pastor told me is, but who, who is he? Who did he reveal himself to me as? So let me ask you a second question then this morning. How do you see God? How do you see him? If, if, I, if I say that word God, what is the picture that comes up in your mind? As a matter of fact, they tested this in the United States on, on, on uh, university campuses. They went to university students and they said to them, Who's God? And people were very quick to answer. And then they asked them a follow-up question. But who is Jesus? Don't talk about Jesus. You can talk about God, not Jesus. Why? Because they, they, it's almost like Jesus is this mystical figure. Jesus is, is, is not somebody that they've got to know personally, intimately. They haven't got to that scripture yet where it says, taste and see. That the Lord is good. Have you tasted and seen that the Lord is good? Or if all that you've been tasted is the stuff I hear people say about the church. The hypocrisy, the fakeness, the people, this. They haven't tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And this is such an important question, you know. As I've counseled and pastored so many people over the years, I've discovered that most of the unhealthy ideas that people have is because they have an unhealthy view of who he is. Here's, here's kind of the things I, I, I hear. I wrote them down. You know, a lot of people come to me in a spiritual crisis. Or maybe they came just from a doctor and they heard bad news. Or somebody just lost a child or a spouse to, to, to death. Or on some occasions, you know, somebody has lost a job and they don't have an ability to support themselves anymore. You know what's the first thing that tends to come out of people's mouths? Why does bad things happen to good people? How many of you have heard that? How many of you have said that? Let me help you quickly, just publicly. That's only happened once, and he did it voluntarily. Only God is good. Only bad things happen to God once. And he died for those things. Or here's another thing I hear a lot of people say. God is punishing me. Or I wish I knew what I did wrong so that God can forgive me. I wish I knew what I did to God to deserve this. Or maybe this one. This is the one I hear the most. God is getting even with me for the time I did such and such. Have you said that? God's getting even with me, you know. I was standing on the golf course the other day, and one of my friends said something, I don't know, it was blasphemous, but something about God. And the guy standing next to him says, I just want to take a step before the lightning hits you. <laughs> it's like a warped picture of, of who God is. And as strange as it may seem, that's how many people view God. We've got to have another picture. And that being the case, is it then any wonder why so many people seldom enjoy God? 
How can you enjoy God if, he, if you think he's actually out to get you? We need a new perspective on God. And that's what Jesus gives us. He gives us a new perspective of God. See, in the Old Testament, we kind of heard stuff like, you know, wars and God and lightning. And then comes the New Testament, and here comes Jesus. And Jesus gives us a whole new picture of who God is. As a matter of fact, Jesus was the first person in the history of the world to introduce God to us as Father. Because, guys, I came from there. I have a different picture. Let me tell you what I know. God isn't that God. He is loving. He's the one that wants to be part of you. He forgives you. He accepts you just as you are. He wants to be close to you. But most people have such an ungodly view of God. That's why he became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Jesus does not only die on the cross. He kind of gave a lot of stuff for us to read. He had a lot to say about life. He had a lot to say. Because he came flesh and he, and he wanted to become close to us. So go read these words of Jesus. Look at the actions of Jesus. Look at the attitudes of Jesus. There is an old hymn that I came across. And in this old hymn, he asks this question. He says, alas, did my Savior bleed and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for a sinner such as I? And the answer is yes. Absolutely, 100%. Yes, God likes you. Somebody needs to hear that today. God likes you. Not only does he love you, he actually likes you. He wants to spend time with you. I don't know how much time I have. I'm just going on. Next one. We also need a new approach to God. How do you approach God? God. How do most people approach God? And I've tested it. I'm, I'm, I'm phoned people. I said, how, how do you approach God? Because you see, a lot of Christians come to God out of fear and trembling on the basis of their sin, on the basis of the law. A lot of people are trying to come to God because they want to do it out of their good works. I've heard even somebody told me this week when I asked them this question, and, and, and he says, it's even tied into his prayer life. He says, I, I, I know I, I have the desires of my heart. I, I want to ask God about those things. And I've written them down. I've made a list. But I can't just jump in and say, God, give me this. And would you pray for my wife and my kids? School? He says, so, you know, I kind of have to sweet talk God. <laughs> come on. <laughs> and he's like, I have to come. Oh, God, you're so amazing. You're so good. You're so great. We good? All right. So here's what I need. It's like his warped picture. We approach God that way because we don't understand who he is. Will those kind of things make God like us? No. Will those kind of things make God love us? No. Will that convince God to accept us? No. God already accepts you. Why? Because he gave you grace. See, if we need to approach God, we need to approach God through his grace. We need to approach God through his grace. Grace means that God first loved you long before you were even aware of it. That means that God loves you freely. Not because of what you've done, by the way, but just because of who you are. It's because of who you are. What is man that you are mindful of him? What fills God's mind? 
I've always wondered about this question. What fills God's mind when he thinks of me? And I think it goes back to that very first Genesis account. When God thinks of me, he thinks about himself. He thinks about how he made me in his image. I look like him. And then he says we made in his likeness. So we can do like him. He's, he's put his attributes in us. So every time God looks at you, he doesn't see you the way you are. He sees you the way that you should be. The way that he sees you. And secondly, he also sees you through the blood of Jesus. Forgiven, set free, loved, brought back into this fold. Why? So that you can enjoy him. Oh, let me jump down to the last one. We also need a new relationship with God. If you really want to enjoy God, we need a new relationship. What did Albert Einstein say? The definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. You've been trying and trying in your own strength in this way and it's not been working out. Maybe we need a new approach. We need a new view. We need a new kind of relationship with God. If you're one of those kind of people that live with this kind of nagging feeling that God is always on your back, I, I want to help you biblically how to get God off your back. Get him into your heart. Get God into your heart. John 10 verse 10. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. But I, I came that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Uh, just note what Jesus didn't say in this verse. Jesus didn't say, I have come that you might be burnt out doing church work. Uh, I have come that you might be successful. I have come that you might have more rules and religious rituals. I have come that you might have more doctrine and dogmas. No, no. He says, I have come that you can have life. That life has a name. His name is Jesus. That life gives grace. That life becomes an environment. And he says, in me, you live and move and have your being. See, when Jesus speaks about life, he's not speaking about just oxygen kind of filling your lungs. He's speaking about that God goodness, that God intimacy, that, that relationship with him, that joy of of waking up in the morning. Jesus said this in, in John 11. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that trusts in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And he who trusts in me will never die. See, I'm not here on earth to have a relationship with Jesus till I die. I'm here to have a relationship with him because I'm going to be building now on what I'm going to do for eternity. He is investing in me because he's setting me up for what I'm going to be experiencing for eternity. So let me ask you this question one last time. How do you enjoy God? Are you still enjoying him? Are you still just having fun with God? I know there was a man who wrote a book called Good Morning Holy Spirit. Is that still the first thing you say in the morning when you wake up? <gasps> Good morning Holy Spirit. 
I get to do life with God. I get to enjoy my Savior. Hey, God, this is going to be a great day. Oh, God, I know that boss of me has got it in for me. But you know what? He that's in me is greater than he that's in the world. Oh, God, how awesome is it to be stuck in traffic today? <laughs> Jeez, God, thank you for that few extra minutes just to enjoy. Ah, there's my favorite worship song. Mine is the song Gratitude. I listen to this song like 10 times a week. It's like my favorite worship song at the most. And this, just my gratitude. Oh, God, this is so cool. How are you filling your time up with God? Are you still enjoying Him? Are you still enjoying Him talk to you? You know, for me, this year, it's about getting the Bible into my car. So whenever I drive, I don't want to listen to the radio anymore. I just want to listen to the Word. Let Him speak. Let Him speak. Remember we did this series last year in Hebrews? In Hebrews 1, the very first verse of Hebrews 1. In the past, God spoke to us through... In these days, God is speaking to us through His Son. Jesus just wants to have a relationship with you. If you can get past... All of those things. About what we are now, 2024. 12 years ago, there was um, a documentary that was made uh, by this lady called um, Marina Abramovich. Marina Abramovich is called uh, the mother of performance art. Uh, she's a Czech citizen and um, I think she now lives in the United States. She's kind of weird, but uh, she, she did this exhibition at the Museum of Modern Art in New York City, where she would literally just sit in a chair, and anybody can come and sit in a chair in front of her for as long as you want. You can sit there the whole day if you want. That was the, the deal. And all you had to do is just sit, sit looking in her eyes. And I watched this documentary, and every person just sitting there, just looking in her eyes, started crying. And they interviewed her afterwards and said, well, why do you think people... She says, because probably they saw themselves in my eyes. They saw heart, heart, hardship, heartbreak, pain. They just saw that and it made them realize who you are. Can you imagine that? How much more did you and I get to sit and stare in the eyes of Jesus every day? Not only do we get to sit and stare and... He actually speaks to us. He actually encourages us. He actually wants to do life with us. He wants us to be part of every single decision of our lives. I'm preaching on a different sermon next week on making decisions, about choices. I'm thinking about these things, about how close are you to Jesus. I'm so much over time. I don't know how to end the service. I'm just... It's like we should just get the worship team back here and worship, get the other guys who wants to come and they can stand at the back. I, I don't know. Let's just enjoy God. Let's close our eyes. I'm going to pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sending us Jesus. Wow. Jesus, thank you for stepping out of heaven, becoming flesh, coming to dwell amongst us. We know, Father, that wasn't enough for you. So your son Jesus died on a cross so that now you can live inside of us. Father, I want to cry out like Paul did in Galatians 2.20, Lord, where he says, I 
have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. And this life that I'm going to live in the flesh, I'm going to live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. That's what we celebrate. That is our gratitude. That is the song we sing. Lord, Lord, I want to pray for each and every one of us as we kickstart this journey right in the beginning of this year. Lord, teach us this year how to enjoy you. Teach us, Lord, how to study our, our Bibles, to get into the Word. Teach us these things, Lord. Let us just come to a place, Father, where, where no matter what this world brings, we get to delight in you. So, Father, I, I thank you for every person that's here this morning, Lord. Just, just do something with them. Do something in their hearts. Draw them close to you. I don't know what their relationship is with you. And so maybe, Lord, there are some people here that have never had that, that joy of tasting you and seeing that you're good. Maybe you're sitting here and you go, oh, you know what? I've never experienced that. I've never had that before. You know what? I, I want that. I want to pray for you. Is that okay? If you're saying that, man, I've never had that. Would you pray for me to accept Jesus? Get him into my life to enjoy him? Would you just put up your hand for a sec? Just slip it up. I'll just... Yeah, thank you. There's quite a number. Thank you. Father, thank you for these hands going up. Father, these are not just hands. These are lives, souls. Crying out. Saying, God, I've tried everything. It's not working. I need a new relationship. I need a new perspective. Father God, come and, come and give that to each person. Because of your son, Jesus. Because of the Holy Spirit working in their lives right now. Lord, they make this decision today. I'm not even going to pray a prayer with you. I just want to invite you. If you put up your hand, there are some people here in the front that want to come and just talk with you a little, journey with us with you. Because we want to make sure that you start this year right by enjoying God. So God, I bless them. I bless them with the best that you have to offer for them in this year. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 God bless you.